everything's going to be all right. I, I had to change that for my gang that we were hanging out with at the IAQA conference this week. We went to Bob Marley, so that's for uh, Kevin Kennedy and Basil and the gang. Today is, uh, let's see, good day wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio. It's Friday, January 29th, 2016. It's episode 399. My name is Radio Joe Hughes. Here with me in the studio at the controls is our engineer, John. You gotta have faith. And joining me from Studio C back in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania, is the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. Hello, everybody. We had a good time in Orlando at the IAQ ASHRAE convention. It was great. Great time. Uh, this week, we have three leaders of the ASHRAE and IAQA organizations. Just got back from the uh, the ASHRAE and IAQA conferences and the AHR Expo in Orlando, Florida. We've got David Underwood, the ASHRAE president. We've got Kent Rawhauser, hopefully coming on soon. It looks like he may have joined us. The IAQA president and Stephanie Sears, the new IAQA executive director. Before we get started, we've got to thank our marquee sponsors. And thanks to our newest sponsor, Particles Plus. Particles Plus engineers and manufacturers feature-rich particle counters, air quality monitoring instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. Learn more at www.particlesplus.com. Count on us. John Don Products, or restoration and abatement contractor shop. Visit them at johndon.com. Clean Facts the number one information source for cleaning and restoration professionals. Check them out at cleanfactswithanx.com. IAQ.net and Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions available at IAQ.net. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you acquire about their products or services. And last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. All right, let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. Thanks, Joe. Win a cool prize by out-competing fellow IAQ Radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IAQ Radio trivia question each week. Submitting your answer is very easy. Either email it to czlotnick at cs.com, or if you're listening to the show live, you can text in the answer via your computer. Congratulations! To Steve Teams, Airways Environmental Services, Red Bank, New Jersey, for the first correct answer to last week's trivia question. The IQ Radio trivia question for today, Friday, January 29, 2016, has been sponsored by Triska, the Restoration and Specialty Cleaners Association, who have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over 30 years. Remember, Triska is your, your link to industry training, certification, standards, and events. Check out their website. It's trsca.org. We've got some exciting things coming up. We're having a meeting next uh, month in, uh, in Florida, and Joe and I both plan to be there. Now for this week's trivia question. Name the man who received the mechanical engineering degree from Cornell in 1901 and later doctorates from both Lehigh and Alfred Universities. Known widely as the father of air conditioning, he installed the world's first scientifically designed system in 1902. He founded a company bearing his name, which is still in business. He was inducted into both the National Inventors Hall of Fame and the ASHRAE Hall of Fame. Back to you, Joe. Okay, thank you, Cliff. Today's guests are David Underwood. David is a PE at ASHRAE Fellow and a life member. He resides in Ontario, Canada. As president, uh, his, he chairs the society's board of directors and executive committee, and his presidential theme is making connections. He's got a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering from the University of Manitoba, and immediately after graduation, he entered the HVAC and 
refrigeration industry and was employed by a major products manufacturer. After 10 years in that role, he founded Isotherm Engineering, an HVAC and refrigeration design build enterprise which continues to be operational today. We've also got Stephanie Sears. She's currently serving as the executive director for the Indoor Air Quality Association. She serves as the primary liaison to the IAQA's board of directors, coordinating projects between IAQA's 2,500 volunteers and eight staff. Prior to IAQA, she was at Equifax, where she served as the Director of Global Operations for Business Planning and Analysis. And prior to Equifax, she spent 10 years at the American Society of Mechanical Engineers. And we're also hoping Kent Rawhauser will be joining us. Don't see him on the line yet. Kent, most of our IAQ radio listeners are uh, familiar with Kent, who is the current president of the Indoor Air Quality Association. He founded ANJ Specialty Services, Inc., DKI, in 1984 after starting in the industry as an estimator with another contracting and supply company. He has a Bachelor of Science in Sociology from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and holds numerous industry certifications. He's also volunteered extensively at industry organizations like the Indoor Air Quality Association and the Restoration Industry Association. In addition to his local volunteer activities in his hometown of Madison, Wisconsin. We've got a little music for the guests. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we're gonna go through it together. We may not go far, but sure as a star, wherever we are, it's together. Okay, we're together. And that, that's kind of the theme of um, both the uh, the unification or you know, consolidation of the two organizations, but also, uh, David, your, uh, your theme, presidential theme, was making connections. And uh, I guess we'll start with you because I don't see Kent yet on the line. I'm hoping he'll be here any moment. But I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about what um, making connections means to you? Well, making connections has many, many aspects to it. But making connections, to me, it uh, these it, uh, forging stronger connections within within our industry and beyond is a priority for me this year. And this focus is grounded in our collective effort to advance the arts and sciences of heating, ventilating, air conditioning, and refrigerating to serve humanity and promote a sustainable world. And making connections focuses on the first goal in Asher's strategic plan, which calls for connecting as a way to foster vibrant, informed, and engaged ASHRAE and industry communities. And I'm, I'm curious, how do you feel so far the connections have been working out between the Indoor Air Quality Association, which is now, as I understand it, a subsidiary of ASHRAE, and the old school ASHRAE community? Well, in that case, IAQA is still a wholly independent organization, and it's under the ASHRAE umbrella. They have their own board of directors. They uh, under Stephanie Sears as their new uh, their new uh, chief executive. She actually looks after all their activities. They do report to the ASHRAE board, you know. And in essence, you know, the ASHRAE board has ultimate control, but they control their day to day activities and all the things they they have done normally in the past. We have actually assigned a couple of our board of director members as liaisons to the to uh, the board of IAQA. And in the meeting in Atlanta, we are going to, after that meeting, I will be forming a presidential ad hoc to look at ways that IAQA can better integrate with ASHRAE's activities, particularly to do with our residential committee, which which was established last June. That residential committee is um, a new focus for ASHRAE, isn't it? Absolutely. Asher, and we've always been involved in that industry, but sort of on the peripheral edges, because we, we really are, as most people know, very much key to the consulting engineering fraternity. And the consulting engineering fraternity, except in you know, high-rise residential, generally does not participate as actively as, as contractors do, and IAQA has contractors. I think that makes a, a great connection. 
you know, I want to come back to that in a moment, David. Um, we, we've had Bill Bonfleth on, and then um, we, we've had this. You'll be our third president uh, now from, from ASHRAE over the last few years. Um, and, and I want to come back to that in a moment. Before I do, though, let's let's bring in Stephanie for a moment. Steph, you're, you're new to this whole indoor air quality and ASHRAE world, although you did spend a good bit of time at the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, so you're, you're more familiar, I guess, with the um, ASHRAE world than with the indoor air quality world. What, what's been your first impression coming in to um, the new position at the Indoor Air Quality Association? Uh, I've had a wonderful impression, especially coming out uh, from the annual meeting this past week uh, just seeing the value that the association brings to the industry by providing a forum for all different disciplines to get together, learn from one another, and network. I think providing this forum is a crucial part of achieving IAQA's mission into advancing the IAQ industry. I know that something that most companies struggle with is silos within their organizations, whether they're created by different departments or functional areas. And Silos really hinder an organization and limit its potential as do uh, as they do within an industry. So I think bringing the industry together as IAQA does allows opportunities to move forward and for us all to become more innovative and collaborative. Let's talk a little bit about the conference. I know it's tough for both of you, I'm sure, to attend as many presentations as you would like, but you know, putting that aside, what were the highlights for you of, of this year's conference and uh, maybe some takeaways for our listeners, you know, maybe something you picked up that or learned that, um, you know, that, that might be of value to them. David, let's start with you. That's a really difficult question to answer, Joe. Unfortunately, in the, in the role as president of ASHRAE, you get very tied up in, in all the uh, – you know, the sort of minutia of, of running a large organization. But what the highlights for me were is that we had uh, several meetings with organizations from around the world and made connections with them. Uh, either they were enhancing connections that I made as I visited with people, uh, you know, throughout the world so far this year. And that, that to me, was the real highlight because that's, you know, giving Astro's message within our communities and beyond what we, we do in, in North America. We are a global association. Well, you, you bring up an interesting uh, point. What Can you tell us like who some of those organizations were? I think sometimes we're, you know, here in the States in particular and maybe in North America in general, we're kind of parochial. We don't really look as much outside of um, our own areas as much as maybe we should. Who were you dealing with um, that, that really you found interesting on that uh, worldwide stage? Well, we, were, we had conversations with the Society of Heating, Air Conditioning, and Sanitary Engineers of Japan, the Japan Society of Refrigeration, uh, Refrigeration Engineers, the Mechanical Contractors Association of, of Korea and the Architectural Institute of Korea. So that's sort of in, in, in the Far East. We we met with some people from uh, from from UNEP talking talking a lot about refri- you know new refrigerants are going to be introduced into the industry, particularly in in hot climate zones like the, like the uh, Middle East. And those are sort of some highlights of, of people that we met. Okay. And Stephanie, the same question for you. What were, you know, some of the highlights from the conference for you? What what kind of little things did you pick up that may be of interest to listeners? Yes, um, I will echo uh, some comments similar to David's in that, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to attend that many technical sessions, but I was very inspired by some of the meetings that we had during the week in Orlando. One of the exciting things that we just rolled out in Orlando was our updated chapter policies and procedures. And as many organizations do, especially ASHRAE, IQA is going to be leaning on our chapter structure to provide that avenue of local engagement to our members and to serve the industry, uh, you know, the other days of the year that were not at the annual meeting. So I think that was very, very exciting. We have a lot of, I met a lot of people that are interested in starting a new IAQA chapter, 
which is wonderful. And we even spoke to a few people from overseas that are interested in that as well. So um, we are developing the chapter structure nationally and internationally in order to provide that forum to our members and better serve the industry. You know, Stephanie, I, I got a chance to talk to you a little bit over at the AHR Expo, I think they call it, the massive um, you know, convention mm-hmm. center set up of over 2,000 booths with every kind of, uh, you know, every kind of uh, distributor of, of HVAC equipment and a, a small section of uh, indoor air quality folks. And as I recall, you you um, ran out of materials. There were so many people coming by. What was the feedback you got from the the people that um, you know that exhibited that were the indoor air quality related type uh, services? Yes, um, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I just grossly underestimated uh, the number of people. I think and the number of attendees at AHR Expo that would be interested in IEQA. So I think. Yes, that was a wonderful problem to have, to, to run out of all the materials that we brought to the trade show. Um, what I heard from our exhibitors in the IAQA Pavilion, which this was the first year that we have co-located with AHR Expo, so it's a different format than our exhibitors are used to. Um, and what I heard when I walked around and spoke to them was that they were not only generating more leads, uh, than they used to in the former format of the event, but they were valuable and substantial leads. So I think, you know, as far as coming to a trade show and exhibiting, that's the best outcome that you can have. So I was very, very glad to hear that, pleased that they were happy with the new format and the new experience. I'm wondering if there were any um, presentations that were you know kind of I know you didn't get to attend many if any but were were was there any kind of buzz about any presentations that you picked up on within the board meetings or you know from talking to members uh, that they were particularly excited about or uh, maybe even upset with whatever. <laughs> um. I will tell you the one I didn't get to attend it in Orlando, but I know Bruce White, one of our board members, gave his silica presentation uh, over at the Orange County Convention Center. And although I didn't get to attend it in Orlando, I was on a webinar uh, that he presented on the same topic a week or two ago, and I found that um, content extremely, extremely interesting. I, I said to him, I, I had to go for a meeting actually during the webinar and I was sorry to leave because I was learning so much about silica and how that impacts the indoor air quality. I think, you know, we had two pre-conference workshops, uh, one on the collection and interpretation of indoor mold and one on school indoor environmental management. Both of those were very well attended uh, and I did get very positive feedback uh, in particular from the collection and interpretation of indoor mold. And I guess because of the the weather, we had some uh, travel. I know it took, you know, I was a couple days um, later getting there than I had hoped. Um, How much did that affect traffic? You know, I was actually worried when I was (laughs) receiving my reports every morning from the registration desk that that would have a uh, a big impact on our attendance on the conference this year. We were fortunate that we only received eight cancellations uh, that were weather-related. So uh, I thought that was a lot better outcome than what what, what it could have been considering the weather that we experienced last week. Uh, that's good to hear. And I see there are 13. John Lapoter, actually, we're going to have John join us in a moment because I'm, I guess Kent's having trouble getting in. But we've got 13 countries and 37 states represented at the IAQA conference, which is, I think, a, a substantial change for us. Um, can you comment on that? Yes. Um Unfortunately, I haven't looked back at the history of that, um, but I I will be doing that next week because I myself was surprised at the number of countries that we had represented at the IAQA annual meeting this year. Uh, I think it just speaks to the fact that IAQA issues 
are impacting people and organizations globally. And uh, a lot of these uh, countries and people within the countries, they don't really have an avenue to access education and, and keep up with the latest technological developments in the industry. So I think what we're seeing in that shift is that uh, people from international countries uh, are coming to IAQA for that knowledge and edu- education and content that we have to solve the issues that they are experiencing back in their home countries. Okay. Uh, we're going to hold off on bringing John on because he's in a location with a lot of background noise. I've got a couple questions for David, but before I do, Cliff, I apologize. I've been, uh, you know, hogging the mic here. Anything you wanted to ask? No, not not right now, Joe. My, I'm writing away. Okay. Uh, for those that don't know, Cliff does a blog after the show. We send it out the following week that uh, we'll cover some of the highlights. David, let me bring you back in here. I'm a little... I've I've been to the ASHRAE uh, event. This is my third year in a row now. I was up in New York for a bit, uh, saw a good bit of the expo, and then last year, I think it was Chicago, uh, I actually got to attend some meetings. Do, does ASHRAE consider that a conference and expo, or is it is it um, just meetings in an expo? Well, it's a conference and expo. We had over 300 papers delivered at uh, at, at our conference. Uh, they were on several tracks, and uh, to recollect what they all were, I can't. I, 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 that recollection, I don't have my my program in front of me, but there were several different tracks, and people could follow those tracks if they had a particular interest in a, in a particular subject. But then we also had all our technical committee meetings, as well as all our you know, our society activity meetings with the standing committees, the boards, etc. That's why I was a little confused. I think I mostly attended technical committee meetings the year I went and actually I, I did a presentation and I guess a lot of uh, or some of the IAQA folks went over and did presentations for at the ASHRAE portion of the convention and um, any feedback on how that's been going I guess that's been the last couple of years now. That's been going very well as a matter of fact we had uh, uh, Bjarne Olsen from uh, Denmark, who's our treasurer, he made a presentation over at your, at, uh, at your conference. So that's yes. kind of the reciprocals that we do with each other now. And I think that opens up a whole new field for both, uh, for both associations. And how many, do you, I know and this, I didn't have you prepared for this, but I'm curious, do you have a ballpark idea of how many different countries um, send people and that, that attend the, the conference and expo? Uh, I can't answer that question directly, but we have members in 130 countries around the world, and we have 55,000 members in you know that participate in 178 different chapters that are also located you know around the world. So of that number, you know we we had around 22, 2300 uh, people who were registered for the conference. The other thing that you may may want to know, and probably why Stephanie ran out of out of uh, out of uh, literature. We had sixty north of sixty thousand people went through the show. Wow, sixty thousand people! And there were, was I correct in saying there were over two thousand vendors? There were twenty two hundred. Twenty two hundred from and, and well, I know there were at least thirty from China. I see, but that does also cause um, logistical problems. And this year we had the, the IAQA conference was at the Lowe's, um, resort and hotel. And then, um, the ASHRAE conference was at a different resort and hotel. And the the IAQA folks had to take a, a bus over to the AHR expo. Was it, did the ASHRAE folks have to do the same or was it connected, uh, the hotel somewhat connected to the convention center? Well, the hotel was very connected to the convention center. There was a walkway from the hotel right directly into the convention center itself. But, you know, we, we were, we're sort of growing together, and the next conferences, uh, IAQA will be located, it will be co located in the same hotel. So that these, these kind of difficulties will be uh, somewhat uh, reduced or eliminated. I see. And that will be, is that Vegas next year? Uh, the winter meeting is in Vegas, that's correct. The summer meeting is in St. Louis. Now, with the summer meeting, um, I don't think 
you know, our listeners are as familiar with the summer meeting. Is the summer meeting something where the Indoor Air Quality Association will also be maybe going to a second meeting and, and co-locating on that? Has there been any discussion of that that you can tell us about? Well, I, I would have to uh, uh, turn that over to Stephanie. That's that's in her area of, uh, of control. I, I believe they will be meeting with us. It's a much smaller thing. There's no show attached to it. And it's really just ASHRAE activities. That's that's uh, you know our annual general meeting. It's where we turn over our officers, and where I become a presidential member, and Tim Wentz yeah, will be installed as the president. So that's that's our turnover date is is at the end of June. I see, Stephanie. Any comments and, on and that? It's, it's usually a much smaller conference. I mean, we'll probably have fifteen to seventeen hundred people attend. Where will that be? It'll be in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis. Yeah, okay. St. Louis. Stephanie, anything you can tell us about maybe plans for that? I think that's definitely something that we are considering. Uh, we IAQA will have a board of directors meeting, and similar to what David said about ASHRAE, we will be turning over our, our board of directors members uh, since we're now on the same schedule and fiscal year as ASHRAE. Right now, uh, and for St. Louis, we don't have any plans for any technical conference or presentations in conjunction with ASHRAE's annual meeting, but it's definitely something that we are considering for the future. And I, I think I ought to maybe clarify for listeners, too, and those that weren't able to attend and maybe haven't uh, been as up-to-date on IAQA as, as maybe uh, others, the, it, it appears that now the, um, the election of uh, officers will now be in uh, the mid-year as opposed to at the end of the year. That's right. That's right. So we are actually uh, putting out a call for officers next month. It will please look for it in IAQA Digest and on our website and our social media. And uh, we would love to have some nominations from the community. And I think we're looking for uh, possibly two to three new board members for this upcoming year. So that's very exciting to have two members, a few new members of the board um, to work towards the organizational goals and, and have a little bit of a fresh perspective on the position of IAQA. Okay, I think I just got a call from Kent. So what I'm going to do is we're going to shoot to halftime here, which is perfect timing. We're going to thank our sponsors. We'll be back in about 90 seconds for the second half of the show, and I'm hoping I can get Kent online. Cliff, if I'm not back in time, please take it when the second half starts. Okay, Jim. And no thanks problem. to our newest sponsor, Particles Plus. Particles Plus engineers and manufacturers feature-rich particle counters, air quality monitoring instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. Learn more at www.particlesplus.com. Count on us. The Indoor Air Quality Association, a nonprofit, multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at iaqa.org. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions. We use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at wolfsense.com. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Check them out at legends-enviro.com. And, of course, our marquee sponsors, John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. Clean Facts, the number one information source for cleaning and restoration professionals. Check them out at cleanfactswithanx.com. IAQ.net and Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions available at IAQ.net. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you acquire about their products 
All right, we're back with the second half of our interview. We've got David Underwood, uh, the the uh, president of the ASHRAE and the American Society of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers, Stephanie Sears, the executive director of the Indoor Air Quality Association, and joining us now is Kent Rahauser, the president, current president of the Indoor Air Quality Association. My apologies to Kent. We had a little mix-up on the timing there. Uh, but anyway, Kent, we have you online. Oh, we got on yes, I'm here, Joe Cliff. Thanks for having me. Oh, great to no have problem. you, Ken. Thanks for being with us. Uh, glad to have you and, and looking forward to the second half of the interview here. Kent, I'm going to go back to you with the first question I had for uh, David and Stephanie. And even though I realize you probably didn't get to spend as much time as you would like in presentations, but there were a lot of other activities going on. You know, you, you had your president's reception. You had a lot of meetings with different people. What were the highlights for you from this year's conference? A couple of things. The, the biggest highlight uh, for me was was seeing um, we had we have opportunities with three international chapters. So um, in Hong Kong, in um, in Spain, and in India, the people came to us saying, "Hey, we want to do something there," and and there's a, there's the opportunity, the possibility for us to be able to to open up a chapter uh, for the IAQA. To expand the membership into uh, into other parts of the world, and and then watching and talking to the people in between, I I only got into a, a few of the sessions, and, and the ones that I were I was in were very good, but talking to people in the uh, uh, in the lobby in between was enlightened because people tell you a lot about what they're learning and the quality of the speakers and and. I'll say for the most part, 90, 99% of the people I talked to were just thrilled with what, with what they got to learn and the people they got to talk to. So those are the highlights for me. All right. And then um, we were also talking a little bit about the, the future of, you know, the Indoor Air Quality Association and, and ASHRAE and IAQA is now a, a subsidiary of ASHRAE. And um, David was, you know, very... Um, you know, positive about the future of the two organizations. I, I picked up from um, members that, you know, they're a little concerned about our size and, and being kind of gobbled up by ASHRAE and maybe just becoming like a, a committee or something like that. Can you tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are for the future of, of the Indoor Air Quality Association within the ASHRAE umbrella? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Joe. And you know, and it's been it's been one that we've we've gotten the gotten to answer a few times. So, um, I think the future is is great. We have a, a connection to a to a well established and a well run organization in Ashray, and we have access to to essentially to, to a lot of the resources that Ashray has. So, some of the things that we're going to be working on. For, for example, at the conference next year, the, the, the best news about the conference next year is it's going to be in one location um, for both conferences. So the, the hotel will, will house the ASHRAE technical sessions and, and the IAQA technical sessions. And we're going to work, uh, thanks to, to David and the board, we're to, uh, the ASHRAE board, we're going to be going to work on, on how to make that a, a joint conference reg registration in, in some way to to allow people from ASHRAE and from IAQA to, to go into sessions that the other offers, and that's going to open up a whole new opportunity for, for companies. There was, there was a company that was at our, at our, at our conference and I talked to after lunch one day, and, and he made a comment, one of the men made a comment to me saying, yeah, this is a great conference for me. He goes, he goes I'd love the connection with ASHRAE. If we could get that closer together, he goes, I could bring my engineers along, too, and give them some IEQA stuff, but then let, let them go do their engineering thing with ASHRAE, too. So that'd be a great benefit for my company. So that's what we're, one of the greatest things we have moving forward with, with ASHRAE in the, the very close future. This has got to be a big hotel. Do you, do you or Stephanie know where we're at next year? Caesar's Palace. Uh, okay, okay, that's and a big one. Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be at Caesars, and um, both the the, the Ashray and the IAQA 
conferences will be in the same location, and then the AHR, I guess, will yep. be close by as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just the nature of, uh, of AHR and the size of it. Um, it's a short walk to a to a short bus ride, or, or uh, every time we have you, you go to that conference, and that's just the way it is with the conference with our uh, trade show at that time. Yeah, it's it's you know there are going to be logistical problems. I would imagine there are only a few cities you can even host that type that size conferences. David, is that accurate to say? I mean, I would imagine you can't go to. Uh, you probably have a list of about maybe ten cities to choose from, maybe fifteen. I was speaking to the people who actually manage the show, and and they were telling me that they've already had. Uh, inquiries. Uh, they're, n- they're not contracts, but they're, they're, they're requests for inclusion of the show of over half a million square feet. Wow. That's a big, a big show. Big, and there's, big a, there's a limited number of cities, and I think it's about six now in the U.S. that can handle it. Now, I guess another question that, you know, either, you know that actually I have is, you know, we, we've had um, now three ASHRAE presidents in a row. We, we started with uh, Bill Bonfleth and then Tom Phoenix and now you, David, and you guys are all, and I know Tim Wentz has been on the show as well, and I know he is also very, um, he, he's very positive about the, the continuing relationship and allowing IAQA to continue to have its own kind of uh, identity and, and, you know, their own board of directors and so on. How are we going to ensure that continues beyond these four administrations? Is there anything that you can tell listeners to help them feel a little more comfortable about that continuing for five or ten years down the road? Well, in my opinion, what's, what's, what's going to happen, I mean, it, IAQA, as an independent organization, looking at different things than, than we do through the, the vision and eyes of ASHRAE as we do our normal course of business, is an important as, asset and an important aspect. We, we need that, that outside view of different things that can affect the industry. And if we you know, put, put it into the, you know, a committee status, it may not have that sort of objective. And, you know, the continuity is, is, is through people like Stephanie Sears and Jeff Littleton, who is our, you know, who is our executive director. They, 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 they are the institutional memory of the organization, but none of us as presidents go away. As a matter of fact, at 6.45 a.m. every Tuesday, the, president, the current president of ASHRAE has a meeting with all the presidential members, and they come in and tell us what we need to do. So that's where the continuity is there. And, and they, they have a very strong position in ASHRAE. Where they all are very well respected, and we really do uh, depend on what the wisdom is from, from those people. And that also gives us continuity. And, and that continuity is strong. We'd like to make sure that IAQA remains as, you know, as a, an independent organization within our umbrella. So that's probably about the best assurance I can give you. I appreciate that. Kent, Stephanie, anything you'd like to add? Stephanie, I'll let you speak first. Um, I would, I can address it kind of from a staff and internal perspective. And I think, uh, you know, David said it best that as Jeff and I, as executive directors, we do, you know, provide that consistency through the different presidents of the organizations. But I've, I've had this conversation with Kent before, and I, I said, I know there are worries in the industry and in the community and with our membership, and I can tell you from inside ASHRAE walls, um, there is zero intention uh, for ASHRAE to just kind of gobble up IQA, as you said, Joe, um, <laughs> because I, I think that's frankly what people are worried about. There is zero intention of that, and... Um, there was there. I don't think there has ever been any intention of that at all. I can tell you, I myself wouldn't have taken the position if if I thought or had any inclination that that was going to happen. So that is not going to happen. We formed the relationship because um, there are synchronicities in what we do. What ideally we want to leverage and participate in every one of those synchronicities that we can and work together as organizations, but we are and will continue to be an independent organization and a separate entity. You know, I don't think people are as uh, familiar with how ASHRAE uh, 
is is managed as um you know especially the new IAQA folks that are now part of the the family ASHRAE is um they have their own staff as opposed to hiring a management company which is the model that the IAQA had for many years and I think that is a, a very important uh, point that both David and and Stephanie you brought up um that you know it's it seems to me that the staff has more um I don't know, sway input than than the old staff at IAQA because they were just a management company. They weren't necessarily employees of the association. Kent, anything you'd like to add? Joe, you know, I've been involved in, in um, this process probably from the beginning. When when Don Weeks brought it, when, when Don and Bill came came forward with the original MOU, to when we put the RFP out looking for uh, new management. Um, you know, I, I've been there through this, this whole time and going through the entire transition and the, you know, the RFP, there has never once from, from e- either volunteer leadership or from staff been any discussion of it being anything other than an independent organization of, 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 that IAQA is today to move forward, to keep it independent, to help strengthen and grow uh, both IAQA and ASHRAE. That's just, that's the only picture that, that we've ever had uh, through this entire process. So I see, I see it going forward uh, the same way with support. And, you know, the, it, it started with Bill. Tom was fantastic last year. David has been great. Uh, this year, Tim Wentz is behind us and uh, Bjarni Olsen after, that's that uh, next after Tim, same thing. Uh, all tremendous support of IAQA and of keeping IAQA independent and, and moving forward as as they have in the past. You know, Ashray has a different way of um, of of officers moving forward uh, than than indoor air quality associations. So you you kind of know, and it was interesting that you were just now able to say. You know, Tim Wentz will be the the uh, president in June or July, whenever that changeover takes place. And then Yarn A. Olson, who will be next in line. Is there any plan or thoughts about having IAQA go to a similar type of uh, rotation with leadership? Yeah. Joe, one of the things that I realized um, about halfway through the first year uh, that I was president was, was we need some some stability. We need that foundation through IAQA. Took a look over at ASHRAE and, and watched and seen what ASHRAE is, has done and is doing. And there's a there's a ton of things that we absolutely love about what what ASHRAE is doing. And one of them is doing just that, putting a succession in place. So right now I'm trying, Stephanie and I are trying, and the board is trying to, to, to do a similar, put somebody in a treasurer with the intention of them coming for us to be first vice president and then the, the next year becoming president to give some stability and to prepare. It, if there's anything, you know, for me, it would have been great to have some, some, uh, some more preparation before walking in as president of the association. One, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to set future presidents up to have that success or that preparation before they walk into the into the office, that way they can continue to drive the, the association forward. And I'm curious with respect to the um, makeup of the two organizations. IAQA used to be like about one third consultants, one third contractors, one third other, you know, government uh, building owner reps, etc. David, is that what kind of a makeup is the ASHRAE uh, community? Do you, do you have an idea for us of you know what percent um, of the group is contractors, consultants, and and building type people and uh, distributors, etc.? Yeah, my the the consulting engineering group is our biggest, our, uh, the bulk of our membership, and I think it runs around almost twenty percent. Um, the next is the next are our manufacturers' representatives and people that are in the technical sales world, and I think that takes it up to to about a third. Um, 
that we have a uh, you know fairly significant number of academics involved, and that's that's where we get all our research from. They they obviously like to come to Ashway because they uh, they can bid on research projects, but they they're they're sort of the backbone of where we have you know when we're building our standards and all the things that we do. We actually insist on evidentiary based information to uh, to move forward the, with those things, so that they're they're going to be supported with good scientific basis, and that's one of the strengths of Ashray. So academics really do, uh, you know, participate, you know, and, and we, we have academic journals, etc. And then we have some government people, and we have some architects, and we have, you know, contractors are maybe about 10, 12 percent, um, and, you know, various other people in the industry. I, you know, the, the, it, gets, it really drops off in terms of percentage once, once you get beyond the, those groups. But, but we, we have representation from all aspects of the HVAC in our industry, from you know, from service people right through to uh, to building owners. You know, you bring up a a segment of the industry that Cliff and I are particularly interested in. We we've always prided ourselves on trying to help bring research to practice. Uh, we've worked with Dr. Rich Corsi and uh, numerous other academics to try and help do that, and um, I, I think that's a key point. With, with respect to this this uh, you know unified group um, that that IAQA will now be a subsidiary are there any plans um, how will we how will IAQA related people get a piece of that ashray research pie is there is there any plans to to help with that I, I would refer this a little bit more to Kent and, and, and to Stephanie uh, I believe that their model is going to be similar to what ours is you may or may not know, but IAQA and ASHRAE run independent, uh, you know, financial statements. So that that kind of dictates a little bit about how things operate. But we do have, you know, relationships between you know between our research people and you know of, of ASHRAE and and the people from uh, IAQA, and we think we can actually help support their activities in that area. Is that is that correct, Kenton and Stephanie? Yeah, that you're you're right, David. Um, and then, uh, David, help me. Uh, tell me what RAC, or tell the listeners what RAC stands for. RAC again. stands for the Research Administrative Committee, and and that's the group that oversees all of our research. So so instance, one of the things, you know, how our research develops, our technical our technical committees. We'll be looking at, at things that they think they need some research done on, and they write a report, and that goes to RAC, and all the TCs do the same thing, and RAC looks at those things that are probably more particularly, uh, you know, important to ASHRAE, and we do have a strategic research plan that goes that it's going to be renewed probably in the next two or three years that gives, uh, there's 11 different topics that we really want emphasis on to research from that, that research plan. And the the more germane they are to that research plan, the better chance they have are being funded. So you know, there there are many many projects come forward, not all get funded. But RAC is the administrative so, group. Right, right. So what what Ashray has done for us, Joe, is they've given us a seat at the table uh, in RAC. So there is a, a representative of IAQA who is a voting member of, of that organ of that group. So as research projects come through, uh, or if there's IAQA uh, members who want to have research itself, we have, a, we have a direct line to be able to go through the process to access the, uh, the several million dollars worth of research dollars that, uh, that ASHRAE have available. How many millions of dollars does ASHRAE have in, in that pot? Now, Joe, we, we generally spend about you know, anywhere between four and four and a half million dollars a year on research, hmm. and currently we have sixty six projects that are in, you know in, in you know in various states of development, and in total those projects are worth ten million dollars. We we've got to go to our go ahead. I'm since sorry. Since we began, we began research, you know, in this area um, in the fifties, and we've done over seven hundred and fifty research projects. Wow. That's fantastic opportunity for the uh, indoor air quality related folks. Um, I would imagine 
a good bit of the information, the, the research they would be interested in would come out of maybe the Environmental Health Committee or, or related committees. I think you've got a, a dampness committee as well. So maybe they should keep an eye on those committees or try and uh, maybe even join those committees. But anyway, uh, we've got to go to our roundup here in a minute. But before we do, yeah, I've got to get one more question in here. Then we'll, we'll spend the last five or ten minutes on what we call the roundup, where we just go around and let everybody have one final thought. And maybe we can bring in the global restoration industry watchdog, Pete Consigli, for that. But um, I've got a, I got a question for you on uh, – it kind of goes back to your theme, David, of, of making connections. And, and with respect to making connections, I know you want to make connections between – you know, different organizations and people and industry, communities, government, etc. What about the general public? Um, what are you, you got any plans for helping? That's been one of the tough things for Indoor Air Quality Association over the years, it, because we, we were small enough, we didn't have enough money to really make a, a big impression with the general public. Is there any plan for helping with making that connection? Uh, that is certainly one of those things that would be a top priority for me. But the difficulty with that, Cliff, is that, you know, to, to really do an advertising campaign that's going to influence and affect the public is a multi-million dollar project, and we really don't have the funds to do that. And what we need to do, as far as I'm concerned, is, is really more influence and make connections with the public that we actually serve. And the public we actually serve is a much more limited group. But it's you know it's the owners of buildings, it's consulting engineers, it's uh, you know it's academics, it's it's people that are actually more intimately involved with our business. And I think that's the best we can do. But one of the other things that I've always you know in my mind what we would like to look at is that with our fifty-five thousand members on the ground, we have an army of volunteers as a resource that I sometimes think we have not effectively used hmm. the market. Interesting. I've got a, a text question, but I'm going to kind of change it around a little bit. They didn't really have a question. I've heard a lot of, um, I don't know if it's angst or just uh, confusion or concern from the folks that were on IESO, Indoor Environmental Standards Organization Committees, which are now, as I understand it, they've all been um, rolled over into ASHRAE committees of some kind. What can you, one of you, um, tell us a little bit more about where IESO is? It's gone, essentially, but where those standards are, what the future is for those. Um, their question was, or their thought was, they thought that uh, IAQA had some research funding for some of those IESO standards. I know we were working on one on testing portable high-efficiency air filtration devices, which is much needed. What, what kind of thoughts do you all have on, on that issue? Kent, let's start with you. Um, well, so on the on the portable HEPAs, I know it it got to a point where um, there was a, quite a bit of disagreement in how the study was being done, and that's kind of where things came to a halt. There, I know early on there was there was interest from from the ASHRAE side because of air filtration. That's about where that is right now, and that's the best information I can tell you about that right now, Joe. Um, the, currently, there is a, uh, a mold standard that is that is working its way through with the help of, of ASHRAE. I think it's gone through its second peer review and sorting through the peer review stages of, of, the, uh, of that mold standard. It's where the, where the 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 standards to this point are at least uh, that are visible. The other the people who were in IESO before the the, the change was made were were uh, were given opportunity and were were told the the routes to go to be able to get plugged into the different committees to be able to continue to work on standards uh, that either ASHRAE is working on or that. Um, will be coming uh, out through ASHRAE or new. We're also doing a fire standard with RIA and that process is, is working its way through the, uh, through the ASHRAE uh, standard machine, I'll call it right now. And John Lapotera texted in that it's a 
now joint IAQA ASHRAE committee with the transfer of the ANSI pins, I guess, over to to ASHRAE. You you mentioned RIA, and I I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the restoration industry, if there's any plans maybe for involving the restoration industry or making connections with that industry. David, had, had you had any thoughts on that? Yes, I, I, I have been sort of peripherally involved in, in my personal and, and, and career as a design-build contractor. We did a lot of work uh, of, of uh, disaster restoration to do with fire and explosion, that sort of thing. And, and I think there are really two distinct aspects to that field of disaster restoration. There's the, uh, you know, the ones that I've just mentioned, and then there's the remedial side, which I, you know, where you look at mold and mildew and all that sort of thing, which I was never involved in directly. Uh, but to me, what really makes that work and makes connections is getting into integrated building design. So you can come up with a solution that works for everybody and all participants when you're getting to doing this kind of work. And oftentimes in a general construction uh, business, you have a whole bunch of silos. And I don't think any of this work can be done in, in, in isolation. It has to be done with all the parties involved, and that's the making of connections. I see. Great point. All right, let's 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 go to our roundup here. I don't know how quickly you all have to leave. What I'd like to do is go to the roundup. We'll ask each of you for a final thought, and then when we're done, we'll bring on Pete. Um, if you all have to jump off, we can, you know, finish with Pete. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a few comments on the show, and uh, let's go from there. Move him on, hit him up, hit him up, move him on, move him on, hit him up, raw hide. Cut him out, ride him in, ride him in, let him out, cut him out, ride him in, raw Cliff, I haven't heard from you, I'm sorry, but I... I I know you would text me if you had uh, something you wanted to jump in. Let me get your final thought. My final thought, um, I, I think the highlight for the convention for me was, uh, you know, being inducted along with you into the IAQA uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, it's just one of those teary moments, you know, where your peers recognize you and, uh, there's not much better than that, Joe. I I got to agree with you there, Cliff. That was uh, it was an honor, and um, I, I wasn't expecting that in this lifetime. But uh, you know, it was uh, it was an honor, and we we really appreciated the uh, the 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 nice compliments from many of the people there, and the, and the nice uh, you know the award was uh, very satisfying, very very welcome. So we appreciate that, Kent and uh, Stephanie, and um, let's go. Let's go to. Uh, let's start with David. Any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to add that we missed? Well, I don't know that we missed. I think we've touched on it, but I really have two points I'd like to make uh, as in conclusion. You know, actually, we really see tremendous value in the IAQA brand, and we want it to grow and we want it to flourish. And we really wouldn't have gotten into this much trouble just to simply roll IAQA into ASHRAE. And IAQA is in charge of its own destiny and their board has control over the future of IAQ. We also are aware of the, uh, of the importance of IAQ and its impact on human health, and this continues to grow. And we believe the IAQA board and staff will be successful in growing this brand and organization in parallel, in parallel with us, and we're really ready to help. We want to see it go forward and be successful and, and grow both of our brands. Well, this would be my final comment. Well, thank you for that. That's that's very nice to hear and encouraging, I'm sure, for many of the members out there that are listening in, and I know a lot of the board members listen in as well. Let's go to Stephanie. Uh, I think David said it very, very well, so I would just like to echo some of his comments um, in that IQA is here for the industry you know, I'm looking forward to continuing to meet and work with the community, and I would just welcome any comments and suggestions on how we can make IAQA more valuable to our members. So please, you know, any members uh, and listeners, if you have any suggestions, comments, or would just like to talk about IAQA and what we could do to serve you better, I am more than willing to listen and would love to hear from you. 
Well, thank you for that as well. And thanks for joining us today, Stephanie. We appreciate uh, being able to introduce you to the listeners as the new executive director. I hope I got that right. You're the executive director of the Indoor Air Quality Association. That's right. And thank you, Joe and Cliff, for the opportunity to be on the show today. Our pleasure. It's great having you. And let's go over to Kent Rawhauser. Kent, give us your final thoughts. Final thoughts. A, a couple of highlights. I have to. I have to go back to the uh, the award ceremony. Uh, it was truly a highlight for me to hand that award uh, to Cliff because Cliff's up there and he looks at me and he's like, uh, he goes, you, "You you tricked me on. You snuck me in. Snuck this one in on me." He had no idea that we were giving him that award. And that to me, Cliff has been such a big part of of, of, of my life and my industry and my business. For so, for so many years, that was that was truly a highlight. The second highlight is is that the president of IEQA um, has a, a slot in the ASHRAE uh, board meeting. Um, so on Wednesday, I went and, and gave a report and made two requests uh, of ASHRAE for help. One was membership wise to help us to be able to reach out better to the ASHRAE membership to encourage the 55,000 members to come over and be members of IAQA, of which I, the answer was, yes, we will help. And the second was made a request of, of David to create a presidential ad hoc committee to, to figure out how we can get that joint registration for the next conference and for all the conferences in the future that come about. Those are that, That's the highlights from, from, uh, from the convention for me, Joe. Well, thank you, Kent, and thanks for joining us again. Um, you know, it's been great. You've been president for uh, over a year now, I guess, and uh, we've had you a few times, and it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Let's uh, let's let's okay. real quick get a final word from the disaster restoration industry's global watchdog, Pete Consigli. Hello, Pete. Any final comments? Hey, Joe, yeah, I got a kick out of the way you opened up the roundup. You said, yeah, well, we got Pete on here, and maybe he'll have a couple of things to say, you know. Um, well, first of all, I really enjoyed listening uh, to the interview and uh, everybody weighing in. Um, congratulations uh, uh, to uh, to you and, um, and Cliff for really getting an award. It's uh, very well-deserved. and uh, From a fellow I, Hall uh, of Famer, I might add. I, I, yeah, and I appreciate the, the comments that... Um, that Kent uh, made about that because when they did it for me last year, I mean, they got me really, really good, and um, it really touched me. I think um, the uh, you know Ken has uh, really done uh, uh, an unbelievable job of like of taking IQA to the transition. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I was happy to hear you guys really kind of address what's on people's minds out there. You know, in a forthright manner today on the interview because um, you know when it, it just seems to be just responsible journalism and responsible for, you know, the nonprofits and the organizations that serve the industry to publicly talk about what's on people's minds. It's, you know, it's the, it's the white elephant in the room, if you would. And, um, you know, it's a slow transitional process. I mean, REA has went through that with what we have going on. I mean, the whole industry is in, in transition. Society's in transition. And sometimes people are just anxious and um, they can't wait to appreciate that. But it, it takes, you know, it takes courage. It takes foresight um, for people to, to lead these charges. You're not going to make everybody happy. And I think the fact is that if everybody isn't happy, you're probably doing the right thing. Um, you know, no, and nobody's hardly ever either totally happy or totally unhappy because then you're probably doing the wrong thing. So um, I think it's just all part of the process. And uh, I've always appreciated the relationship that REA has had with IEQA and, of course, now the whole standard setting process that we had partnered on the fire standards with the uh, ISO is, you know, now come under the ASHRAE umbrella. And I think those are really exciting times. So, um, anyway, so, you know, for what it's worth, uh, I, I enjoyed the listen and, um, you know, I just, I look forward to the evolution of the industry in the future, you know, to benefit the, the people who, uh, who pay the dues to the associations, volunteer their time to write standards. Um, you know, and all of that. Uh, not everybody does it for the greater good, but, uh, you know, it's political, 
And, you know, but if people didn't didn't have a self-interest um, and didn't have motivation, they probably wouldn't participate and do it. And I think that's the reason why organizations like ASHRAE and, and, and RA and others, you know, try to have due process, have good uh, good quality, you know, uh, uh, conflict policies, enforcement policies, and, you know, handle it in a forthright manner. So anyway, um, those are my thoughts for today, guys. Well, thank you, Pete. Thanks for joining us. And um, I just, you know, I've got a final thought on this whole event uh, today and then uh, you know I think this shows people in related industries that this can be done and that uh, staying in your own silo and and trying to you know just keep things to yourself and uh, not making connections with other organizations and with other groups and with government etc just like David's presidential theme that would be a huge mistake for some of these other industry organizations I think they need to become a little more uh, open, a little more forthright with their plans, and I think they need to help unite the industry as opposed to, uh, you know, the related industries as opposed to dividing it. So this is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks so much to this week's guests. We had David Underwood, the current ASHRAE president. We had Stephanie Sears, the current Indoor Air Quality Association executive director, and Kent Rahauser, the current Indoor Air Quality Association president. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Next week, we're going to bring Mr. Jeff May back for our 400th edition or episode of IAQ Radio. We're also going to preview the upcoming National Institutes of Health um, conference in dc february 10 and 11 iaq radio will be covering that one we'll do a little preview of it next week and then on the 12th we'll do an overview of the results just like we did here today it's going to be on health and particulate in particulate matter 2.5 we've got some great researchers coming in from around the country and around the world to participate in that conference and workshop so this is Radio Joe saying thanks, and uh, of course, most importantly, to our loyal group of uh, listeners out there. We had a nice live crowd today. I'm sure downloads will go through the roof on this one. We'll be back next Friday at noon with the next episode of IAQ Radio. This has been another IAQ Radio production.